Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first, and their covered wagons, they find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. Hello and welcome to Future Tech Podcast. This is Juliette Lamar. And my guest with me on the line right now is Alan Winsha. He is the CEO and Chief Token Officer at TokenFunder.com. He is calling in all the way from Canada. Hello. Hello. How are you, Juliet? I'm doing excellent, Alan. So why don't you go ahead and tell us what is TokenFunder.com? <laughs> First of all, and thank you for having me. Uh, it's great to be here with you this morning or this afternoon, I should say. So TokenFunder.com is a uh, platform business. We are based out of Canada, but now uh, obviously have uh, global aspirations. We are a platform in development uh, to uh, help companies use the power of the blockchain to raise funding uh, with uh, regulatory and uh, legal uh, security tokens as a primary vehicle. We started this uh, about a year ago with uh, when when the um, the ICO craze was just getting started. Um, we've worked uh, very closely with our regulators to get a regulatory approved uh, compliance solution underway, and uh, we're currently in the marketplace with our own token offering uh, to kick things off. So that's our story and our uh, our status to date. I can tell you all about uh, kind of where we're going if you'd like to hear about that. Absolutely. Yes. Tell us. Tell us where you're going. Okay. So, we uh, what we have uh, what we have is uh, it's quite a bit of um, 
demand from companies that want to uh, take advantage of the funding opportunities. So these are these are very very much uh, you know early days uh, for the platform, but we're getting approached uh, by a lot of startups and and even some uh, what we'd call growth companies. So we're building a portfolio of, uh, of companies that are interested in uh, launching their own token offerings. And you know, there's there's not not one size fits all. It'll be uh, it'll be custom to every company, and they may decide to uh, to use them for uh, equity. They may decide to use them for dividends, royalty streams. There's uh, a number of different options, and uh, we are in the process of uh, onboarding companies uh, as we speak. We don't have uh, one particular one that um, we we can uh, discuss today, but uh, that that's coming up very soon. The one the one thing we um, and I'll uh, I'll share this with you. The one thing that we did ahead of uh, most of uh, most of the other um, kind of folks that have been doing one off token offerings is to say uh, to our regulators who happen to be you know, SEC-like uh, regulators in Canada, we've, we've got a provincial system where uh, the Canadian uh, landscape is, is uh, the securities landscape is uh, regulated by the, the provincial level. But we, we received um, Canada-wide approvals to, uh, to, uh, to allow for investors to invest in tokens that, uh, that we run on our future platform. And uh, we are accepting investors from pretty much all around the world today. And how does that token investment process work? How does it work? Well, thanks for asking. The, the process itself is, uh, is fairly streamlined. So we've got a couple of different tracks. And if you go to tokenfunder.com, you kind of see that uh, there's a couple of different um, approaches that we take. And with, with the kind of the, the sandbox regulatory environment that we have, we're the first to uh, to take some experimental um, approaches in the market and then our, our particular um, regulators allowed us to uh, conduct a KYC process uh, that is online uh, for retail investors. So we're allowed to take retail investors and we essentially limit the risk of of retail investors investing in uh, a startup or in token offerings to uh, approximately the $2,500 level. So it is $2,500 Canadian in this case. And if you're an accredited investor, you can invest a lot more. And we've got a, a slightly different, uh, uh, slightly different agreement that you go through as an accredited investor. So I assume that uh, your audience would would understand the difference between the retail and accredited, but I can I can kind of uh, explain the the basic principle is that accredited investors have uh, have larger um, means and have larger uh, financial asset uh, bases, uh, so they're deemed to be um, able to withstand losses at a at a higher rate and, and larger losses. So uh, in that sense, uh, our regulators. Um, uh, suggested to us that we start uh, with the retail side and we start on a fairly um, risk-averse level so that somebody doesn't go ahead and, uh, you know, for example, mortgage their entire house uh, investing in tokens because uh, uh, we collectively don't think it's the right thing to do. Uh, 
but if you want to, to participate as an accredited investor, then uh, then you are uh, kind of more uh, aware of the risk, and you can take on a larger investment with us. And how long do people have to you know jump on this bandwagon of getting in with you guys? <laughs> well, with us, uh, we we did uh, something a little um, unorthodox, and we left ours um, open longer uh, by design. Uh, in kind of low hype mode, we said uh, we'll extend that period of time, and we thought until April 30th. Nice. So at least another yeah. month. <laughs> yep. About another month. That's right. That's right. Now, as people buy in, do they get voting rights? This is uh, this is an important question. Uh, what we said was that we would give investors. Um, I should have mentioned this um, in, in the offset uh, in the um, kind of run up to this because the investors that um, that invest in our tokens, they become token holders. What they get is they get rights to the future profits of the platform. So we basically uh, gave the company away and in this sense that the future profits and distributions of the platform are going to go to token holders, just like, um, just like equity. In fact, uh, 80%, which is, which is the, the large chunk, goes to token holders. Token holders, we're going to give them voting rights um, around the, the prioritization of companies coming onto the platform, and and they'll get voting rights for the future direction of the platform. Uh, we don't have we don't have let's say voting rights for for like a board member or something like that, uh, but pretty close, pretty close. The big uh, the big draw we find is that uh, investors are realizing that uh, you know in. Uh, as, as compared to some other, um, you know, coin offerings and such that that you really have no rights uh, around, we're actually a business that say, okay, we're going to have we're going to have profits come out of the, you know service fees and and the like, and we're going to share those directly with our investors. Absolutely, it's just going to add. Uh, I've been in this space for a few years now, and to really have seen the the ICO space kind of evolve, really being deep in Ethereum and ERC20 tokens when they were first a, a glimpse in people's eyes, uh, it's it, it is pretty crazy what has happened over 2017. And I think that you know we we collectively looked at it and said uh, what we want to do is we want to do something that that really benefits uh, our token holders. And, and and gives them some real rights because there were there were way too many ICOs that that frankly when you read their terms they they had that, you know there were no rights and you were a contributor to a fundraiser quote unquote right so that's that's why we did chose a more a traditional route to say if you're gonna if you're actually gonna buy a piece of this company you you will get a piece of the future of this business absolutely and so if if another business comes to you you help them you're mentioning with their own token offerings and is that correct that's right that's 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 exactly the business model so rather than having to figure out the technology yourself rather than figuring out that all, all the security around it and uh, launching your tokens we'll uh, we'll work with the companies that we're, we're working with uh, some, some early uh, companies uh, to, to figure out exactly how they want their token launched and we'll uh, we'll help them launch it and and, and we'll then, uh, our, our vision is to add a layer of governance around this such that it will be more, uh, call it more advantageous, um, you know, in the long term that uh, that a company that works with us is and will participate in kind of a broader platform rather than just launching a coin or a token, which is, which is not 
uh, necessarily that challenging, but then we'll help them manage the uh, uh, the tokens through the life cycle and provide some governance such as, uh, uh, think about it this way, uh, typically when, uh, when investors, angels or, or VCs uh, kind of provide their, their capital into a company, they, they don't necessarily turn over you know, tens or hundreds of millions of dollars, uh, such as what ICOs have been getting, and, and give unfettered access to those funds. So they'll be tranched. They'll have some governance around it uh, according to milestones. That's, uh, that's kind of what we're building into the platform to make us unique. Excellent. So when someone comes, with you, comes to you, they can come with very minimal uh, knowledge or experience with tokens, and you will walk them through it and help manage from first step to last step. Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, we're finding that um, there, that people have heard and, and businesses are hearing about this. They're not sure if it's for them, so, so they get into an early discussion and, and they get they get um, good a good consultation and good handholding to uh, to walk them through the process. Now, yeah. I was going to say, so what you said, you know, people don't know if if this is for them. Do you think that this is for everyone, or is it a very specific? type of business that would benefit most? I think we're in the early stages of uh, deciding that this is for everyone, but uh, we're, we're getting companies that are not just tech companies, companies with, uh, with real revenues that, that want to, uh, to, to, to get into this, uh, to grow their business and, and to access uh, a, a global capital pool. So in a sense, our, our, my vision and, and our vision is that with with the uh, quite uh, frictionless movement of capital across borders, uh, this this will be for everyone. Is it for everyone right now? It might not be for every company right now, uh, and and they'll, uh, they'll they'll have to decide in terms of you know where's what is their current uh, cap table look like? What is you know what's their business look like? What's their current cap table look like? And and other factors, but. Um, uh, we're seeing we're seeing good appetite, you know, as I say, across the board. Not not just techie companies, not just the ones that that have um, you know new blockchain product. So how has your your industry in this changed? Where do you see it? How has it changed, and where do you see it going? The industry of uh, mm-hmm. of uh, blockchain. Of, of, yeah, sure, sure. Because uh, I, I can tell you that um, I came from a very large banking. Um, Background uh, and and I could you know I could see the the regulatory environment how it uh, how it worked in the, our current capital markets and there's 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 really a kind of a double-edged sword here in that you know in in many ways uh, the, the obvious benefit for for investors is that uh, regulatory uh, regulatory concerns and you know requirements are are very good for investors you know it's sort of uh, I'd say it, uh, it. There's a question around how quickly companies can kind of start up, be agile, and you know, accomplish what they what they wish to do in the blockchain space. So us in particular, I mean, it took. Uh, we we realized that there was going to be regulation, so we're seeing kind of what we expected um, over the last year. What um, the, the the level of change though that has happened over 2017, we we. We'd arguably say we didn't expect that it would be as uh, as sort of heady and frothy as it was in 2017, but we certainly expected the change in terms of you know companies uh, being asked and you know at this point not necessarily all being required, but being very clearly asked 
to do the right thing on, on behalf of investors. So I think we're, we've seen the sense shift uh, very clearly uh, in, in terms of you know, the U.S. environment, the, the Canadian environment uh, for, uh, for the benefit of investors going forward. And, and I think that's a really positive step. Investors, when they, when it, you know, in the coming years, when they use their cryptocurrency and, and invest in a company, there will be some, some clear guidelines. I uh, should add that um, we chose right off the bat to, um, uh, to launch ours as a security. So ours, ours is very definitively a security offering, which means that um, we are regulated. And that means that um, our investors get additional kind of dis- financial disclosures uh, with, with an offering memorandum and such. And I think we're going to see a change to more of that. We're going to see more of these um, offerings and token offerings uh, be uh, security token offerings, and then they'll be regulated uh, in a... Uh, in a, a hopefully kind of a, well, first of all, very investor-friendly way, plus very innovation-friendly way. Uh, one of the uh, one of the challenges uh, going forward that that I think we're all in in the marketplace um, working through is uh, liquidity and secondary markets of these token offerings. So, uh, just to, to kind of uh, dive into that a little bit, uh, the, the change that that we saw. Was everyone was promised that uh, their their quote unquote coin co- new cryptocurrency in 2017 would be immediately liquid, and you got this uh, you got this in a very frothy environment where people were uh, getting into pre ICOs and they were pumping and dumping these things, and there was very little kind of disclosure as to what the insiders were doing. So I think we're going to see uh, more disclosure. We're going to see. Uh, we believe we'll see more less less on the the, the pump and dump side, um, but one of the challenges is that you know, when when you have a security token offering, you're going to have to make sure that um, you abide by securities regulations, and they they in many cases limit the kind of liquidity you can get day one. So we're working to. Uh, to, to break some more boundaries and, and to um, to have some of those changes uh, enacted as, as a uh, if you will a leader in the space and trying to try to make some of these changes happen for the liquidity side of it as well. And uh, when you're having your securities, why why is regulated better? I know a lot of people think that having non-regulation is maybe something that they want, but in reality, having a regulated token offering would be better in several ways. Well, I think that. Uh, if, if I just sort of uh, bring it to something very generic, we 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 drive cars around and and we uh, we started in a day when when cars uh, started you know hit the roads uh, you know decades ago and someone decided you know there needs to be a there needs to be a regulation around uh, you know street lights and the, the side of the road that you drive on. Uh, today, what we've seen. Arguably, in in the 2017-ish uh, kind of ICO space, is that uh, there's kind of no rules, and uh, and everybody's all over the place. So the the average investor getting into uh, a, you know an ICO that's unregulated uh, doesn't doesn't have the, the the comfort really of knowing that the, what they're what they're getting is is uh, is in their best interest. And uh, so one of my uh, one of the pieces to my background, and I'm a 
CPA from a while back, and uh, and I've been in the in the fintech and information uh, services space for a long time. So I understand really large systems. I also understand uh, financial uh, financial data and disclosures uh, that, that CPAs uh, uh, to help that, that CPAs help with the, the the capital markets. And so we get we get a standardization of financial disclosure when when a company abides by our existing regulatory environment. So the financial statements have a certain standard, you know, uh, investors can then don't have to guess as to whether they're getting all the information. So in, in that sense, it's better. Absolutely. So within this, in this world, what motivates you personally as someone who's deep invested in this? You know, what is your daily motivation here? Wow. I, I, day to day, it's interesting that you know you don't often get this kind of question, and it's a it's a really great question. What motivates me? Uh, a couple of things. I mean, I certainly um, have never uh, been satisfied with with status quo. I've spent pretty much all my career doing kind of large scale transformation initiatives uh, that, that typically included you know changing entire finance departments and and implementing brand new systems so you know it's something something inside uh, you know my dna says keep making the world a better place and uh, certainly as we've seen the the blockchain and crypto um, offering technology and and the, the potential for this evolve over the last few years and uh, and I and I got honestly completely down the rabbit hole when ethereum came out being being that next generation programmable blockchain so you, know, you can imagine how this is going to uh, change transform whatever word you want to use our, our financial uh, marketplace not, not not just the banking environment but it, but everything that has to do with our, our financial system so I want to be part of that and uh, I chose to uh, I chose to take this route and you know I get up in the morning uh, pretty much every day looking forward to how can we how can we make this uh, you know make this token space uh, a safer place for investors and and, uh, and and I I can certainly with with a lot of other colleagues kind of see uh, that we will live in a tokenized world at at some point so I certainly. You know, I, I I certainly feel privileged, and I feel uh, you know, fortunate to be um, at the uh, at kind of the coal face on this. I mean, it's not for the faint of heart, <laughs> and it's certainly not for a for uh, you know someone who wants uh, uh, the, the, the same thing day after day because there's a new challenge every day, and and that's what motivates me. So, uh, you know, it, there's a there's a big wide world uh, ahead of us. In, in tokenizing, uh, I, I can imagine every business will be tokenized. Every kind of financing will be tokenized in the future, where we'll have we'll, we'll have real assets, real estate, and businesses, and you know all kinds of assets uh, uh, being uh, moved around on on blockchains. How that's going to evolve exactly, I don't think any of us really know. Uh, but I think it's exciting enough to to want to continue to um, to push boundaries and, and be part of it. Absolutely, it's it's a very exciting future on the horizon. It's it it is. There's there's a whole uh, lot of change, and, I, and this is the this is the message that I think that uh, those of us that, that have been in the financial industry realize that you know the, the systems are complex and. And our block and this new blockchain technology is just one of many technologies. You know, not notwithstanding AI is coming as well, but 
blockchain is going to be one of those transformative technologies. So it, it is. There's a, there's a whole lot of change coming, and I think uh, you know I think everyone that listens to your podcast hopefully is uh, is either uh, thinking about how that might change their their own kind of jobs or or starting to think about how they can take advantage of it to, to help the rest of uh, you know the world uh, uh, take advantage of it and and uh, drive 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 some. Drive some really positive change because I think there's a, there's a lot of uh, a lot of very uh, kind of clear old style processes that uh, that aren't necessarily all value add and, and the blockchain will help us uh, uh, take some of those out. Absolutely. Well, Alan, how can people get in touch uh, with TokenFunder.com? Well, they can certainly go to TokenFunder.com. Uh, we can uh, we can take uh, we also have obvious, uh, obviously you can find us at Twitter at Token Funder we've got a, a Telegram group that is uh, at Token Funder so t.me forward slash Token Funder uh, I'm Alan at TokenFunder.com we have info at TokenFunder.com pretty accessible also available on LinkedIn for uh, for old school folks <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Facebook Instagram any of that <laughs> yeah Instagram too I personally. Uh, admit to having not been on Facebook for, for a number of years. Uh, I mean, I think it's timely that, that there's a whole conversation going on there. That's totally out yeah. of this conversation. <laughs> I must say. Oh, absolutely. But, but, but so the answer to that one happens to be no. I mean, corporate presence, yeah, but not personal. <laughs> absolutely. Well, everyone, if you need to find more information, just go to tokenfunder.com. You can hear more about Alan Winsha on there and very exciting things, and you can invest in their company. Thanks so much for having me. Really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you so much, Alan. This has been Julie Lamar with Future Tech Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000-plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies 
that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. 